Welcome to the Informal Podcast. My name is Austin Coley. I'm here with Sam Lewis. And Sam, we got a special guest with us here today. We do. Super excited for this one. Shout out to Blake Gandy, who's with us. Blake, Blake's joining the Informal Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. We're pumped. We're talking NBA today. When we're recording this, the trade deadline just passed a couple of hours ago. So we're so excited to recap everything that went on today and the last couple of days. What do you guys think going forward with this? What happened in Cleveland? My goodness, who's still on the Cavs at this point? I mean, um, it's like eighty percent turnover. I mean, legitimately. Into an, I mean, I, it makes sense. I feel like they did get younger and a little bit more athletic, but at the same time, this isn't a trade. I think you make to improve in February. This is a trade. If you're going to overhaul, you're going to do it in the summer. So, I mean, I've it's still got. Le, I've got, got LeBron. Oh, go ahead. Still don't know what's going to happen. Um, it it seems a little weird to me. It w- weird in the sense that they literally traded almost everyone on the team. I've got a theory about what happened here. All right, I think there's a lot of reports about how LeBron and the front office aren't communicating at all, and when they are, it's very heated. And Dan Gilbert and LeBron hate each other. That's pretty well documented. I think that they tried to get LeBron to sign an extension. He refused. So then they tried to get him to waive his no trade clause so they could get something for him. He doesn't just walk for free in free agency. And he said no. So then they said, okay, well, then we'll just trade everyone on the team. Dwayne Wade, gone. Who else do you like on the team? Amon Shumpert, gone. And that, that's what they're doing. And I guess, I mean, I think they got better. But going forward, like you said, they're still kind of uh, in a strange place, I think. I don't, really don't know what the long-term plan is here. And as far yeah, I, I, Go ahead. I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, from my perspective, the Cavs just tried to shake up the locker room. And I mean, obviously with all the reports coming out night after night, just with turmoil and dysfunction going on in the locker room, players had to be moved. Changes had to be made. So I thought what we could do is just kind of roll through each of these trades, each of these 40 trades that Cleveland made today. Um, and just kind of give your takes on it. Does this trade did Cleveland win it? Does it make the team better for right now? How does it look for the long term? How does it look for the team that traded with Cleveland? So let's start with perhaps the biggest trade that Cleveland made today. Cleveland traded IT, Channing Fry, and a protected 2018 first round draft pick to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Hot takes. Hot takes. I guess I'll go first on this one. I uh, I really like the guys the Cavs got back. I think Larry Nance is a good player, and so is Jordan Clarkson. And I think that Channing Fry hasn't been getting on the floor hardly at all, and Isaiah is a liability right now because I think he's hurt. And we can talk about Isaiah later, about how much Danny Ainge just absolutely shanked him. But I think that this makes sense for both teams because the Lakers were able to clear a lot of money for next year. It's no secret they're going after some big fish in free agency. And I think that the Cavs added two NBA players, which is two more than they had before. So that's good. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, Larry Nance, I, both of those guys the Lakers gave up seem to be kind of odd men out, out in L.A. I've uh, been a big fan of Jordan Clarkson for a long time. thought he really showed out a few years ago. Of course, that could have just been a result of being a pretty good player on a really bad team. Larry Nance has uh, another level of uh, athleticism that I don't think Cleveland has right now, especially since they lost Kyrie. Um, 
Isaiah Thomas, I understand he might be hurt, but why I know we're going to kind of talk about maybe later why maybe the Hornets hate Kimball Walker so much. Why does why do teams why do teams constantly hate Isaiah Thomas? Like is is, is he a jerk? Like what what does he do to piss all these people off? Because he's he's a dang good ball player. Um, he is he is, but I mean some of the comments that he's been coming out with recently are are I mean I, I'm with you. I love Isaiah. I think that he had he's a great season. K love. Why is he hating on K Love? He's hating on everybody. He's hating on Love. He's hating on Tyron Lou, the front office. I get it. He, what did he say from after, day, from I mean, day one? He didn't want to be ahead, in Cleveland. Not at all. Have not you seen that video explaining like um, of when he got the text message saying from Danny Ainge saying to call him? And no, yeah, it, I mean, I don't remember where I saw you. Probably on YouTube somewhere. But there's a video he was doing like some kind of documentary, and it was recorded when he made the phone call, found out he got traded, and. He he didn't hold back. Like he was he was mad. Um, so he didn't want to be there from day one. But you know, Sacramento passed on him. Phoenix passed on him. He found a home in Boston. Of course, if Kyrie's on the table for him, you know, you 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 kind of got to make that trade. I, as much as I love Isaiah, Kyrie is the better player. But another thing with Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, you know, he's from the West Coast. It makes sense for him. But I was reading earlier, he's probably not even going to start. In Los Angeles, he's probably oh. off the bench. His agent texted, "Yeah, somebody got in contact with his agent, and his agent said, oh, he's not coming off the bench. Isaiah Thomas is not coming off the bench. Oh, it'll be interesting to I see agree, how that I reports of maybe a possible buyout. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a mess. Um, and then as far as Channing Fry, he's a one-trick pony who you know, kind of fizzled out about three years ago. So huge upgrade, Larry Nance, over Channing Fry. You know what's Absolutely. crazy is IT – maybe eight months ago, nine months ago, was legitimately a top 10 player in the NBA. Exactly, which I don't understand all this negative energy towards him this year other than the fact that he's made it clear he doesn't want to be there, but he's still a really good basketball player. I think he's still hurt, man. I don't think he has any business being on the court right now. I mean, and you said he's he might. Y'all were talking about whether or not he's going to start. I think the Lakers should just put him on the shelf for the rest of the year because he's not healthy. He rushed back to try to help the Cavs win a title, and he he doesn't have it. I mean, he doesn't have the explosiveness he had last year. He's never been a good defender, but he's not even. I mean, it's even worse than it was before, and I just feel bad for the guy because last year he's in line for a huge super max top of the top level contract, and now. If you're a team with cap space going into next offseason, how much money would you give Isaiah Thomas after as bad as he's looked this year and the questions with the hip? I mean, this isn't this isn't a broken bone. It's not a you know a routine knee injury where you clean it up and get back in six or eight months. This is a hip. I mean, that's one of the more serious injuries you can have, especially as a basketball player. I'd, I mean, he's lost so much money in the last six to eight months, and I feel so bad for the guy. What is do we have any idea what his contract looks like? I don't really know off the top of my head. He's a I don't know right now. I know he's a free agent, he's a after, free agent after the year. I'm sure it's friendly right now. But I mean that's the thing. Especially with how the salary cap has worked in the NBA where back in two thousand sixteen, like Nicholas Batum's making twenty plus million dollars this year. Nicholas Batum. Shout out Nick Batum. Shout out Nick Batum. It's good ball player. Yeah, he's a D and three. In a not that good day in three, and he's making twenty plus million dollars, and that's it's just with the way they did the NBA um, 
salary cap, they've kind of front loaded it to that year, I guess. And now, I mean, did you see the contact the contract that Lou Williams just signed? He just signed a three year yeah. extension for like eight million dollars a year for, for a guy that just co- barely missed the All Star game, and for a guy who's been a career six man. Yes, a great six man. I mean, he's he is he's having the best year of his career. There's talks about him getting traded for a first round pick. He almost made the All Star game, and then he signs that contract after what, what George Hill got in the offseason. George Hill signed for sixty million dollars with the Kings, and then Lou Williams can only get what he got. I don't understand any salary cap sport. I don't really understand it because it's way too much math for me. But the NBA is ridiculous. Well, anything in the NBA as far as, ahead, salary, yeah. as far as salary cap. And one thing I've learned, especially you know this year and the last couple of years, what is an NBA player worth? Like You can look in baseball and football and you can be like, oh, this player is probably going to return this. NBA, there's no science to it. Like It's just like, eh, whatever we're feeling like this day. It makes no sense. I think it lends itself or that comes from the NBA basketball as a sport. You can have PR, whatever advanced stats you want, but it's really tough to quantify, you know, what spacing means, you know, how much gravity you have on the court, you know, drawing defenders, how, how good of a help defender you are, that sort of thing. It's hard to know. I mean, how good of a basketball player some of these guys really are. I mean, the top of the top, you obviously know, but I mean, how good of a player is Larry Nance Jr.? I mean, we know he's can dunk on anybody and he's really athletic, but do you know actually if you had to rate him between right. one of a one and a hundred, right. how good is and Larry that, Nance? That's argu- so how do you value that's the argument I was also saying with Jordan Clarkson? Like I've always been a fan, but was that that would result of him being a you know a marginal player on a really really bad team? A lot of it's about opportunity. You know, if you're the number one guy on a bad team, you're going to get to take 20 or 25 shots. Your numbers are going to look really good, you know? And when you have to transition, when he's going to transition into being a backup point guard on a, you know, what we think is a pretty good team now, there's no telling how that's going to translate. It'll be, I mean, kind of transitioning back now to IT and the Lakers. The Lakers actually did a really good job of now clearing those two contracts and picking up IT, who is an expiring, and Channing Fry, who is an expiring, right? I would assume, and yep. putting themselves in a really good spot going into free agency this year. Teams are young; they don't have any bad contracts. They could potentially go out and get two different max contract guys. They've got room for it. And how? <laughs> what? How much irony is it going to be when? The Cavs took their took the Lakers' money they had committed for next year, giving the Lakers the cap space they need to sign LeBron James in the offseason. LeBron James yeah. is not going to Los Angeles. Well, we could, that's a different conversation, but they have the room for him now, and that's what the that's what the Lakers' plan is. They're going to go after LeBron, right? I mean, I mean, LeBron and Paul George go after him, but I mean, they'll, they'll get somebody. They're the freaking Lakers. Like they're going to get somebody. We say that, but the last time they had all this money, they got Timothy Mozgov, you know? But, I mean, there's some some national guys are convinced that LeBron's headed to L.A. And the way the Cavs, I mean, the Cavs wouldn't trade that Brooklyn pick for anything today. So I think they're pretty, I mean, they're scared he's leaving too. I mean, you got to have plan B right now when you think of the Cavs and, and you think of LeBron and how unhappy he's been with that organization. But looking back just sort of at, Isaiah Thomas and kind of what the Cavs did today. It's obvious that they, did they get better? 
did they get? I don't know. I don't. I guess they got a little better, but I just don't know if they did enough. They're not going to have cap enough cap room to go out and sign a max guy. I mean, it took on a lot of money today, so it's not really looking appealing for LeBron going back. I think that I think they got better for this year because I think the guys they got back, Rodney Hood, George Hill. Uh, and then the Lakers guys, Nance and Clarkson, I think those guys can all contribute. And the guys they gave up weren't contributing. I mean, Shumpert, Channing Fry, even Isaiah with his injuries, not playing well. Dwayne Wade, I mean, those guys, they weren't going to be able to help Cleveland in the playoffs. And I think the guys they got today make them a better team. Now, whether or not that they're good enough to win the East, I don't know. Are they good enough to beat the Rockets or the Warriors? I don't think so at all, but... They're better today than they were yesterday. Are they good enough to beat the Magic? <laughs> Their other trade, the big trade they made that we alluded to was they traded Jay Crowder, who was a lot better in Boston than he was with Cleveland. Just like IT, I don't know, Brad Stevens just cooking something different over there, I guess. And D. Crazy how Danny... Yeah, crazy how Danny Ainge gets rid of these guys right before they go directly into the tank, or isn't he it? Never signs guys to bad contracts. I mean, and there's also that it's Brad Stevens and Tyron Lue. Come on, come on. Right. That's the, the yeah. You yeah. can't discount that at yeah, all. You can't discount it getting mad at Tyron Lue after he was under Brad Stevens. But so they traded him, Jay Crowder, Derek Rose to the Jazz, and Shumper, and a 2020 second round draft pick, which is basically equivalent to nothing to a contract to the D league. Right. And for Rodney hood and George Hill. Right. And we already kind of covered that, but I think it adds some depth. I think it adds a couple of playmakers that are going to be able to help Cleveland. And then, like you said, they traded D Wade for a second round draft pick. They just got him out of there. And, there's some reports that he was actually one of the cancers in the locker room. Obviously, I wasn't in the locker room, but if you're trying to fix those issues, then you got to do what you got to do, I guess. And that last one was the most surprising one to me, I think, because LeBron and D-Wade are boys, and they've been boys you know, for a decade at this point. And I think he, you know, if, whether he's a cancer or not, I don't think LeBron feels that way. So I think that trade is what signals that LeBron is not making the decisions there anymore. You know, they before prior to these trades, I think it's an open secret that any deal that the front office wanted to make had to get cleared by LeBron James. Do you think LeBron's clearing them giving away Dwayne Wade? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um is do you think LeBron James sort of recently he just hasn't looked like he's been trying, to be honest. Who knows kind of what's going on, but with this 80% overhaul, does that change how he's going to go out and attack each game? I, I think it does, and I think a lot of that will have to do with George Hill, who I think is probably the most important part of this trade. Uh, it's a lot of money to take on, uh, but he's he's not going to win you a game, but he's, he's not going to make the mistakes that's going to cause you to lose the game and he's going to defer to LeBron. And that's exactly what the Cavaliers need. Absolutely. I think George Hill, like you said, I mean, 20 million a year and there's just what two years left after right. this year at 20 million. That's, 
that's huge for George Hill. Um, it's way more than I would want to pay him, but that's, I mean, that's what point guards go for. And George Hill, when he's been at his best, he was playing with Paul George in Indianapolis and with Gordon Hayward in Utah because George Hill is at his best when he's defending and he's just, he's not a ball dominant point guard, right? He spots up, he plays really well off the ball. And I think that's exactly what LeBron needs. He needs a shooter and he needs somebody that can guard anybody because no one on that team yesterday could guard anybody. I think George Hill immediately steps in. He's the best point guard LeBron's played with since when? I mean, Mario Chalmers before that? Norris Cole? If you're looking at someone who's just going to, you know, do his job and defer, then I think that's a a good comparison. But I think George Hill is better than any of those guys. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, let's move on from the Cavs. I think we've spent long enough on them. And let's move to, I think, one of the most confusing, perplexing franchises and situations in the NBA from my perspective, and that's the Hornets. The Hornets <laughs> have so many guys that are just called bad contracts. Batum, shout out Nick Batum again. And twice in one time. Wow, who would have thought? But Kimball Walker is a borderline superstar in this league. Not a superstar, somebody that could greatly, greatly help a team fighting for one of those top spots in the playoffs and fighting to get to the NBA Finals. So what's going on? They could have gotten a lot for Kimball Walker, I would imagine, but they just continue to hold on to him. And and it's not like they love him there. So I just, I, I don't really understand it. What I don't understand about this is how they seem, you know, you see Kimball Walker's name floating around all these trades and he's, you know, statistically one of the best Hornets of all time. He's done nothing in his career at any level, but win. And, but they, for some reason they want to hold on to this Michael Kidd Gilchrist experiment. He's not, he's never been able to shoot. Like he hasn't made any kind of improvement. It seems like since he's been in the league and, but you never hear anything about trying to dump him. So I, Priorities just seem to be way out of line there. They've got talent. I mean, two years ago, I guess whenever the Warriors went what seventy three and what seventy three and nine, whatever it was seventy three and nine. Yeah, that from January to the end of the year, they were almost tied. The Hornets were almost tied with the Warriors with the same efficiency rating. So that team has talent, and it's all due to Kimball Walker. So. I don't know. I, I I view him as probably the most disrespected player in the league. And I think if he played another position besides point guard, which is so deep with superstars, um, it might be viewed differently. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Is Kelly Olenek still on that team? Olenek? Uh, he's in uh, Miami. Oh, man. They've got Frank the Tank, though. Who's no, actually, been, actually been better than I thought. He's actually good. I You look at that. Hornets roster and they've got some good players. Are they did they make the playoffs a couple years ago? Did yeah, they end they up were, getting they in? They were a three seater. Yeah, I really? Think so but they were in. So they got the playoff. They've got the playoff appearance, but I mean, year in and year out, they're usually in the lottery. And but they're completely capped out. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So then they always they're always in this cycle of trying to shed money. After you know they gave all that money to Nick Batum and whoever else they paid, Marvin Williams. So they feel like that. Yeah, <laughs> Marvin Williams, who I mean is pretty good yeah. for a while, but they they can't ever quite get over the top. So I guess they feel like they need to trade Kimba to get some value back for him, but then they don't ever actually pull the trigger. 
So if they're not going to deal him, I think he's a free agent in the offseason too. Is that right? I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. I, I'll look real quick. Does he, he might have one more year. But, I mean, if you didn't trade him today, I guess they're going to commit to him long-term, which I kind of agree with you, Blake. I think they should. He's one of the best players in franchise history, yeah. certainly the best since they moved yeah, back to Charlotte. If you look at the Charlotte Hornets history in general, you know, there's not many names that stand out to, like, the average average fan. You know, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Baron Davis. Michael Jordan. Baron and, Davis. <laughs> I mean, old-schoolers from the mid-'90s might remember David Wesley, but outside of that, like, Kimba's in that top four. So – Without a doubt, I mean, are they going to? Com- I mean, are they going to give him a big contract? Because if you're not going to trade him, you got to commit to him. I think if I was them, I think that you've got an all star. Kimba's an all star now. I think he got in today when Porzingis went down. R.I.P. Porzingis. We could do a whole show but, injuries uh, this year. Yeah, we could. We yeah, we can't get to that right now. But there's a <laughs> there's a lot in there too. But I think he's an all star. He's a franchise point guard, and I think you build around that guy and you start shipping off some of these other guys that are, you're paying $20 million a year to who are, I mean, good players, but why are you going to pay 20? I mean, I hate to pick on Nick Batum. I really do like Nick Batum, but why are you paying Nick Batum $20 million if you're not competing for a title? You know, it kind of, you need, you got to go one way or the other. He he signed on this year and next year at 12, 12 mil a year, uh, signed a, which might be the best contract in a whole year, $48 million uh, deal in 2014, which was like, a year, maybe two years before the cap expanded. So, I mean, good move by the Hornets. I That's guess. crazy. Without a doubt. I mean, I mean, at that number, I guess you could get a, you could get a haul for Kimba. You would think you think they would be getting great offers left and right. If they're actually trying to move him. Absolutely. So, Let's, I mean, like, like I said earlier, like, what's an NBA player? Like there's no time. There's no rule for what an NBA player is worth. So it's, it's really hard to take a guess at that. So I don't know. Let's go ahead and go to another guy who I thought was going to get moved today or yesterday, but didn't, and that's Tyreek Evans in Memphis. I thought they would move him. Memphis isn't hasn't done a whole lot, and I thought they would trade him and maybe get some pieces, some picks to go, and in the future be able to to compete. But that didn't happen. Any any thoughts on why they decide to hold on to Evans? You can go first, Sam. I've got quite a bit to say on this. I was going to say, I bet you've got some thoughts. Um, over the years, well, the last couple of years, I think I think me and you, Blake, have had maybe some subtle disagreements on the direction the, the Grizzlies should go. I mean, the grid and grind era was great. They were always competitive, and they are just a thorn in anybody's side in the playoffs when you got you know Conley and Gasol and Randolph and Tony Allen and all those guys. I think the last couple of years, though, as those guys age, I mean, I think it's – been time i think they're overdue at this point to push the reset button um turn some of those guys into younger pieces into draft picks and really start the rebuilding process and they're kind of doing it this year without meaning to i think you know conley's been out and gasol's been hurt and they're in the lottery now but i think you got to trade some of your assets and get what you can because i mean conley's still really good and gasol's still really good but the next great Grizzlies team isn't going to have those guys on it. So you need to sell them while you can to get pieces that can help you when you're ready to compete again is what I think. And I think you probably are going to disagree with me, which I'm excited to hear. So go ahead. To an extent, I will agree and disagree. The reason here, here's the thing I I respect about this whole keeping Tyreek. They had, they had a price in mind. They didn't get it. 
and they weren't going to budge off of it. They they wanted a first round pick, which in years past, a player like Tyreek Evans has you know rewarded a first round pick on several occasions. And absolutely, especially to contenders. I mean, when you're looking at a pick in the twenties, I think Evans is worth that. He has been before. Guys like him, Memphis, who when they were high in the lottery, miss after miss after miss. They hit on Conley, um, but outside of that, that's. Their success has been their biggest downfall in a sense that they never got that good draft pick. They made some pretty bad trades with you know Jeff Green. They lost a couple firsts on Jeff Green. So if Jeff Green's for the first, why couldn't they get the first for Tyreek? But that's beside the point. <laughs> they had an like everyone thought it was going to be a first from Boston and Marcus Smart, and that's what it almost was. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. I think Marcus Smart fits what they like to do. Um, I'm not, he's not, he wouldn't have like the off the court commute community presence that Tony Allen had, but I think he'd be a diet Tony Allen on the court with more of an offensive game. The proto Tony Allen. I thought that was perfect. Um, there was a a couple more I saw, um, they were talking with Miami who would maybe a first and or justice Winslow. I'd been fine with that. Uh, Miami didn't want to do that. The one I really was intrigued by was Philly. They've got all these assets. And you bring a guy, Tyreek, who's from the Philadelphia area. It made perfect sense, but Philly wouldn't budge. And they've got all these assets to do it. They want a first in Dar- Dario Sarge. Markel Falks? Markel Falks? <laughs> Is he still alive? Let's, I, I, okay, well, finish, finish, your, finish your grizzly thoughts. They don't want to talk to so Markel Falks. <laughs> but I respect that, that they, they didn't get what they want. They held, they held firm with what they – you know, what they were believing he was worth and what they can do is, I mean, this is kind of a, a flash in the pan kind of thing for Tyreek right now. It's probably one of the better seasons of his career since his rookie year. So you can probably get him, you know, obviously with the, with the salary cap the way it is now, you're not going to necessarily, you know, it's a given you're going to give him a discount, but what they can do is they can re-sign him this summer to, with the full mid-level exception, I think it's like just under 10 mil a year. And then if once they sign on that mid-level exception for two years, he automatically gets bird rights for that third year to make 175% of his contract to go over the cap. So they're, they're playing a little bit of a gamble, a gambling game right now, taking a little bit of a risk. But, I mean, I think it works um, because the Conley this season is frustrating as it kind of has been, especially after that first month of the season where they were a top three team in the West. Um, and to go the way it has, uh, Conley's missing the year is kind of a blessing in disguise. That Achilles has been nagging him for almost two years now. He's going to be fully healthy next year. Uh, him, Gasol, Tyreek, you get that lottery pick. That that could be something. It, it, it could, I, I'm not going to say it's you know. Memphis, I don't think Memphis is ever going to win a title just because they're Memphis. It, it's that's that's just a fact. Of, that's just a fact of the matter. They're Memphis. They're not going to get these guys. That's why I think you stick with these guys until the wheels fall off. Just because it's Memphis, and it's the only opportunity I think you're going to have to win right now. Even though you're not going to win a championship, you're going to be competitive. I think they're doing the right thing. There's there's some value in that, especially in a market like Memphis. There's some value in being relevant, I guess, and that's where. I think where me and you are disagreeing a little bit is in general, I think it's better that either to compete for a title or, I mean, maybe not go full process like the Sixers did, which after I'm done talking, I promise I'm Austin, we can talk about Markel Fultz. But I think that 
it's better to be bad than it is to be in the middle of the pack. But if you're Memphis, I mean, there's some value in making the playoffs every year and, and, and competing. And, you know, that's the direction they're choosing to go. And, and you got to kind of respect what was them Memphis for before that core four. And what were they before uh, Gasol came there? They, nothing. Conley and Gasol that's true. It could be a lot Memphis. worse. Like that. They are the franchise run it to the wheels fall off. If you're, you know, bottom of the West next 10 years. So be it. Let's get what you can now. It's unfortunate that they play in the West. It's unfortunate for any bad team to play in the West. Also, Blake Gandy, salary cap guru with that Grizzlies take. (laughs) Oh, my word. Brought out the mid-level exception. I thought about it, but I'm not near confident (laughs) enough to actually use it in in conversation. Shouts out to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure the the numbers were close. I don't think they were spot on, but that's that's how it would work to get those bird rights to resign them. Okay, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. That's bad. That's Take the soundboard away from Coley. Just get hearing away. his name makes my what is, what is going on with Markel Fultz? So this story, what has happened to him since he got drafted is so, so, so crazy. I just can't even begin to wrap my head around how a guy that was taken over – all of these guys right now that are balling out, I can't think of their names. The guy that plays for Boston, Tatum. <laughs> Tatum. Tatum. Um, I guess. Z- what, uh, who's the guy from the Lakers? Not Lonzo Ball, but the one that's actually Kuzma? good. The Kuzma. 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 So, I mean, have, have you guys seen videos of Fultz's jump shot? It's I like broke. it's like a uh, Charles Barkley golf swing. <laughs> It's awful. I've never seen. I mean, this guy was the consensus number one overall pick. I mean, there's some revisionist history going back now saying, oh, they should have just kept the pick and taken Tatum. No one was saying that before the draft. Markel Fultz was the guy. Whoever had that pick was going to take Markel Fultz. And he went from the absolute lead pipe lock number one overall pick to a guy who can't even shoot a free throw in what, like six months? What happened? uh, What I believe something we don't talk about but it starts with a y and ends with ips and oh, no. i mean that's to me looking at it <laughs> i don't know it looks looks similar it looks similar it's got the john lester thing yeah just don't call it by the name but <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes he's just He's just thinking too much about it. I think he's just thinking too much about it. And I hope so badly for him that he's able just to break free of this and get back to, you know, where he was was before he started messing with this jump shot because he was a very serviceable shooter in college. I mean, he shot close to 40% for three at Washington. Jump Mid-range jump shots are good, and he's obviously a – explosive playmaker with his ball with the ball in his hands driving to the goal dishing for other guys which made him the number one overall draft pick so i really hope that that he gets this figured out and um because philly will be scary if he's back and even better than he was in college with the guys around them right now but unfortunately for them 
a lot of those guys are going to hit the market around the same time, so they need to do something pretty fast. And I'm I'm looking at something right now that I didn't realize. You know, you, you mentioned he shot you know over forty percent from three. His one year at Washington, he was only a sixty five percent free throw shooter. Did y'all know that? Uh, I feel like I heard something about that during the draft, but I mean, that if you're shooting forty percent from three, making sixty five percent of your free throws. Feel, Who is I, this I guy? Like, I feel like that's a red flag someone should have caught, right? You would think that. I mean, you hear guys like like Bill Simmons and other national guys that are talking about how much of a genius Danny Ainge is. I mean, maybe they're right. Everybody Danny Ainge <laughs> trades turns completely into absolute hot garbage within like six weeks. It makes no sense. He traded Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, and Markel Fultz this year, and they're all like borderline non-playable in the NBA. I mean, Marco Fultz can't play at all. I mean, don't trade with Danny Ainge ever under any circumstances is what I'm learning yeah. from this. Okay, so do you guys have any more specific trades that were executed today or in the past month? We already kind of covered the Blake Griffin deal a couple pods ago, but Blake, you can definitely jump in and talk about that, especially since the Pistons have been rolling as of lately with Griffin on the squad. But is there any other – I can roll through some other ones that were made today that I have here. Uh, but if you guys have any on, on the tip of your tongue that, that you want to talk about, let's, let's go ahead and do that. I think, the, I think the Blake Griffin to Detroit is pretty interesting. Um, I mean, before the trade, they're, they're sitting you know, in the ninth spot in the east. You know, they, they could easily get up to that fifth spot um, if, if it works out. I mean, Philly, they're in the eighth spot right now. Until Joel Embiid like plays back to backs consistently, I, I'm not buying it just yet. Um, Miami, I, you know, I think Detroit is better than Miami. Indy's been a good story uh, with uh, Victor Oladipo and everything. I think they'll still make it, but I, I'm, I'm really interested to see uh, what the Pistons can do. Sneak, get into the playoffs, maybe that low end, go up against Boston or Toronto, and uh, see how that plays out. With the the Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond pairing has actually kind of looked good. I mean, it's only been what five or six games, but I mean, those guys seem to be meshing well together. They're letting Blake, you know, basically run the offense, which is the role he needs to have, and they're dangerous. You know, if the, even if they don't get all the way to that five seed, if they get in as a six or a seven, I mean, if you're the Raptors and you got a two seven matchup with Blake Griffin's Pistons, you don't want any part of that. You know, they're a dangerous team. They could upset yeah, somebody in the first round without a doubt. On. Reggie Jackson. Are you going to get good Reggie Jackson? Or are you going to get selfish? I'm going to shoot the ball every time down the court. Steph Curry want to be Reggie Jackson. So it could go, it, it could go a multitude of different ways. Um, but I think, I think you can't deny the fact that they are better than they were before. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. But other than that trade, I don't really see anything that's all that interesting. I'm just scrolling through right here. I mean, Alfred Payton, the magic finally got off of him, but I don't really have any thoughts about that. Um, other than that, I think, Eman- I'm, I think I'm out on the trades. Emmanuel Moody the trade Knicks, front uh, that could be something. I think he's shown uh, flashes of, of being a pretty good point guard, especially maybe now that he's out of the West. Um, you know, he might, might kind of show out a little bit more, develop some more. Um, don't know if New York is the best place for that, but – you know, in any time you make that transition from the west to the east, when you've got potential, uh, I think that I think that could be a good thing. 
buying low on lottery picks is always a good decision too because you never know i mean look at victor oladipo people thought he was trash last year and now he's an all-star so some guys are just late bloomers so i i, I agree with you that's a good flyer there's for the a Nick couple of trades here that really just blew my mind like blew my socks off that you know i think were huge moves for teams that um you know they were talking about all over sports center like for instance, just to give you an example, Orlando traded Alfred Payton to the Suns for a second-round draft pick, which, man, I thought that move for Orlando was just outstanding. Be honest, Austin. Did, had you ever heard of Alfred Payton before I said his name 30 seconds ago? No. <laughs> Go on. All right. You had a loss yet, baby. All right. Okay. <laughs> let's kind of transition to talking about the NBA rest of season with the trades that were made and just how teams are playing right now. I'll kind of run through right now, you know, in the East, you've got Boston, Toronto, Cleveland, Washington, Milwaukee, Indiana, and Miami and Philadelphia who are in, gosh, that's a lot of teams that make the playoffs who are in the playoff hunt. In the West, it's Golden State, Houston, San Antonio, Minnesota. Minnesota's the four seed right Minnesota's now? Legit. Oh, my God. Tibbs. Okay, see, I'll probably pass them. They're five. Denver, Portland, and New Orleans, who I don't know without Boogie if they'll hold on to that spot, but especially with the Clippers. But that that acquisition of Miritich, I think, could really surprise people. I think that could really open up their open up their offense. Um He's going to fit well next to Anthony Davis, without a doubt. For sure. I've got a fun game. Let me play a game real quick. All right, Austin. New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis, Nikola Miritich, Boogie Cousins. Name three more Pelicans. Go. Ian Clark. Ian Clark. (laughs) Drew Holiday. That's one? Yeah. That's two. Ryan Anderson. He's like four teams removed from the Pelicans. Go on. About I got each one three twan more. <laughs> oh man, his name was on the tip of my tongue. Oh. Well, you you uh, named three guys great. that play on Portland apart from Lillard and McCollum. I can't say Noah Vonley. He just got traded. Yeah, I'm talk- you, yeah. talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking me? to you. Either, Name three. Ray John Rondo also played uh, for the Pelicans, by the way. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I, knew that. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the league. Also, oh, I thought I thought I could name three Blazers, but I don't know that I can now. So you just also keep going. in the league, Jameer Nelson. He got traded today. Remember, he used to be so good. He was. He was. Is him, him yeah. and Dwight on those Magic teams? Yeah, I mean, he was. He was a stud. So, some teams that are just outside of the playoff hunt right now, the Clippers, do with that trade, or do they have a chance to to step up and, and take a playoff spot? Utah? Utah's won their last seven. Um, maybe right there. Los Angeles? Probably not now. Um, and, and Memphis is probably out of it. And in the East, Detroit definitely can make a push now with Dwight. Charlotte? I don't know, but besides that, New York now with you know Porzingis probably not, Chicago probably not. So it's really just kind of the next couple teams I'd say that are up that have a chance to step in and, and take some spots from these guys. Obviously, there can be shuffling within these playoff standings, 
But kind of what – give me one team that you think's going to kind of taper off towards the end of the year and one team that could really make a run. For me, as far as tapering off, um, I, I would I would probably lean towards Denver. I think they've been a good story so far. But I don't know. Something, something just doesn't seem there. But at the same time, I, I don't know who's going to slip in and take their place. Um, you don't believe in Jokic? I mean, he's he's nice. The Joker. He's a nice piece. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm not sold. I think it's been a good story. I mean, Richard Jefferson is on that team, so. <laughs> oh yeah, I I am like is he really no way. Um, wow. I will, honestly, I will outside say of that, I'm not sure. That, other than Fareed and Jokic, uh, I'm not really sure who else they got. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think with, <laughs> I'm with you. Just, there's an ambulance or some cop car somewhere in y'all's background. It's not me. I, um, I, live, I live in Knoxville. I live in a safe. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> yeah, Sam. Welcome, gotta, welcome to East Main Street, Murfreesboro. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's it's treacherous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with Denver, I think. I don't know with with the teams. I guess they kind of got around them and. With that, how they're sort of believing right now, four games over 500. They've won their last three. They're six and four in their last 10. I think they could hold on. Obviously, the West is tough and teams are going to be coming for them and they're going to have to play Houston or Golden State probably in round one. So it's um, really just getting to the playoffs. Yeah, and surprise, like, but in years past, we can kind of look at these and be like, okay, I kinda, you know, well, this, this part of the, of the playoffs is wide open. This year, I, I think for the most part, I think it's already pretty much set. I mean, the Clippers aren't—I I do not believe in the Clippers to make the playoffs. But I'm saying if I had to pick one to fall off, just given it's the West and it's kind of an unproven team, I, that's why I'm leaning towards the Nuggets. I think I, I kind of like the Nuggets. I like Jokic. I like Jamal Murray. I mean, they still got Wilson Chandler on that team. That's a good team, and when you're just looking at the standings here in the West, the nine seeds, the Clippers, they traded their best player. The ten seeds, the Jazz, they just traded Rodney Hood, and they're still trying to figure out how to play Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert together, and that's not really working out. And then after that, you're Lakers, Grizzlies, Suns. I mean, none of those teams are going to make the playoffs. I think the eight that you've got right now are the eight you're going to have in the West. And when you look at the East, you've got the Pistons who are sitting in the nine seed, and I think that the Pistons end up making the playoffs – so then you have an interesting debate at who falls out because you got I mean, six, seven, eight is the Pacers, the Heat, and the 76ers. And I think any of those three teams could and I mean could possibly fall out. Now, if you're gonna ask me to say which one, I have no idea. But I think the Pistons make it, and then you gotta pull one out of the East. But I think other than that, it's pretty much set. I mean, not gonna be a lot of drama at who gets in this year. I think the seeding, especially in the East, is gonna be a lot more interesting um, when you're looking at the Cavs, you know, Cavs, the Raptors, and the Celtics. How's all that going to shake out? And then you got my boy Giannis with the Bucks coming out. You know, they might win every game for the rest of the year because they have Giannis. Did you see him dunk over a human random. being yeah, the did. other day? He looked like he dunked but on it, a four-year-old. At the same time, to, to, to go with that That's comment, Sam, has there it's been six, a more six. disappointing team this year than Milwaukee? No, but, Jason Kidd. I mean – 
even with that being said, yeah. even with that being said, they're they're in a five seed right now. They, we did the podcast after they fired Jason Kidd, and they were right at five hundred. And now they're thirty and twenty three. I mean, I don't even I don't have a clue who their interim head coach is, but I think that just I mean, sometimes when you change your coach midseason, it's just a breath of fresh air. And I think they're playing more loose. You got Giannis dunking on fools. It's I love that team. I think they're dangerous. This probably isn't the year they're going to make noise, but in the future, they, they will make. That's noise a team that's going to compete for championships. I mean, Don Maker, so good. He's so good, and he hasn't figured it out yet. But when he puts it together, you got him and Giannis out there. I mean, everyone's going to be dunking from the three point line. No layup is going to go in ever. I mean, that's an exciting team. Get Let's on the start. bandwagon now. The conference championship series for each conference. Who do you think are the two teams in it and who goes to the finals? You want to start in the East or the um, West? We'll start in the East. Sam, you can go first. How about this? I'll do the East, then Blake will do the West, and then we can kind of talk about it. All right. I think is that cool? All right. I think uh, you like that podcast playing on the fly right there. Uh, this is this is straight from the hip. I think the the Celtics are the best team. I think the Raptors are are obviously the second best team right now. Um, but they really didn't do anything at the deadline. DeRozan and Lowry are both superstars. And they've got a lot of good pieces around them too, but it just doesn't seem to translate when you get into May, you know, into the playoffs. I think it's the Cavs. I mean, that team that LeBron's got around him is awful. They've been awful all season, and they're a little bit less awful now that they got some of those guys we talked about earlier. But I think when push comes to shove in the playoffs, LeBron James is going to make the finals because that's what LeBron James does. And when he drags that team to the finals, it's going to be one of the most impressive things he's done in his career. I mean, I'm thinking like 2010 when the second best player on the team was Big Z. You know, you got Zildrunas Elgowskis lumbering around out there. With Eric Snow <laughs> on that team, Booby Gibson. Eric Snow. I mean, he got that team to the finals, and he's going to get this team to the finals too. I mean, I'll believe that LeBron James isn't in the finals from the Eastern Conference when it happens, and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm I'm taking the Cavs as long as LeBron's I would, still there. I, I understand. I understand. Like I, I typically, I'm on the same LeBron boat of until he's not there, I'm not going to believe it. Um, I'm having a hard time voting against President Brad Stevens. He he just he knows how to coach basketball. Um, it's a really good team, especially if they had Gordon Hayward. I mean, I, I don't think it's close. I think it's the Celtics. As far as the West goes, I think it's locked up. It's going to be the Warriors. It's going to be the Rockets. And the Warriors are going to win, and they're going to win their, what, third title in four years, whatever it is. Um, as far as the rest of how it shakes out, I'm not necessarily sold on Oklahoma City doing much. That's I'm I was not ask buying you, you're not buying the Thunder? You're not buying the Russell Westbrook I, I revenge tour? I remember I texted you as soon as it happens. I was like, this isn't going to work. If it was Paul, if it was Paul George, I mean, and Russell Westbrook, Paul George is legit though. He's but that still I mean, third piece and mellow. I haven't been sold on it from the beginning, um, and I'm not going to buy in now until I see it. Um, Minnesota, I, I love the Timberwolves. Let me let me get in on the Thunder real quick, and then we'll go back to Minnesota because I've got some thoughts about them too. But I I tend to agree with you when 
I mean, Carmelo, there's going to be a game in the playoffs where Carmelo's like, no, I'm Carmelo. Give me the ball. And he shoots 30 times and they lose. If, if there were some rumors floating around yesterday and today that the Thunder were going to add Avery Bradley. And if they would have done that, then I think you've got a legitimate contender because Avery Bradley is a guy who's shown that he can guard Steph, you know, as well as anybody can. He can stay with Harden. He can knock down an open three when he gets, when you pass him the ball. Uh, but with Robertson being out, they don't have that guy that, you know, defense, defense first guy other than Paul George. And I think Paul George is a superstar. Russ is obviously a superstar. And if Russ can allow Paul George to have some freedom on the offensive end and not dominate every possession, I think that team is dangerous. I think they're going to scare the crap out of Golden State in the second round. But at the end of the day, I think you're probably right. I think and it's, I think Spurs, it's Rockets I mean, Warriors there in the finals. I don't, I don't want to necessarily finals. believe we're seeing the end of the Spurs run, but that Kyrie, or I'm sorry, that Kawhi question mark is huge. Again, thank you guys for listening and, and continuing to support this podcast. Um, and we're still waiting for stamps.com to reach out to us. So stamps.com, you know, go ahead and, and reach out to us at informal us on Twitter or informal publication at gmail.com. I am at Austin Coley on Twitter. Sam is at Lewis underscore zero six and shout out to Blake Ganny for joining us for this. He made the podcast so much better than if I were to sit here and talk NBA for, for an hour. So we appreciate, we appreciate it. Um, but keep looking for us where you, where you are. Uh, we'll keep being there. So thanks again. Peace.